0: Radio Lockdown is a Neptune podcast. Hello there and welcome to Radio Lockdown. I'm Justin Macarthur. Today on the show, does the vaccine rollout add up? We speak to Simon Pampiner, a stand-up comedian, maths communicator and cool dude who I had the pleasure of meeting during the Graduate Certificate of Science Communication at ANU. He's got this article in Cosmos. We spoke to him just over a week ago about the numbers of the vaccine rollout. I also chatted to Darcy about it. Um, Unfortunately, the audio editing software that I'm using at the moment has been a real pain. So it's just been too much over the past week to edit together the audio with Darcy and the audio with Simon so uh you'll just be hearing me and Simon but I promise you Darcy is extant and thriving and wonderful uh we just couldn't make it work this week we've also got more news coming over the next couple of weeks so stay tuned for more Neptune stuff but in the meantime let's chat with Simon Hey, how you doing, mate? How
1: are
0: you? I'm splendid. How are you?
1: I'm um, so... You know what really, makes me really happy? Yeah. Is i getting a call from a new friend
0: that I made during the lockdown. That's awesome. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> lockdown's been good for very, very few things, but how are things going, man? Yeah, good.
1: Yeah, good. I mean, I could start answering that and I don't think I'd be finished. Today.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, it's,
1: been, it's, been, it's been kind of crazy. I, um,
0: you got this amazing article up on Cosmos.
1: Well, that just came out of the blue, yeah. So Cosmos contacted me because I've been around. Yeah. And um, it was the worst timing, the absolute worst <laughs> timing, because that's kind of like left all my admins for the first week of January. I was like, no one's going to be interested, and everyone's going to be on holidays. And then this is what happened. She, the editor got in touch with me, and she's like, come and write nut stories for us. And I'm like... Whoa. What? <laughs> it's like, this is what I would have spent a month kind of hustling for.
0: Yeah. And it just happened. Well, it's, it's because you, people know you're the maths guy.
1: Well, this is the thing is like, it's seriously still, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I'm still bewildered by the fact that there is so much, you know, math illiteracy. Like people are enumerate. And, and what was kind of shocking was during that, that, um, that press conference that I, I watched all the way through, it was actually quite shocking that there was no journalist or whoever, there was no one present who actually asked questions about those numbers. And that was, that was really shocking and disappointing because I'm like, it is, that is, that, that's a huge claim, 4 million doses over 4 to 6 weeks. It actually, they actually said 4 to 6, so if I crunched the numbers on 4 weeks, that would have been even more ridiculous.
0: Maybe they said 46. <laughs> and you, you misheard, it's 14. Well, that would be <laughs> Yeah, that's right. So let's, let's, let's crack into this. First, I should, I should, if I'm doing a podcasty thing, I should ask you to introduce yourself for a podcast audience. Who am I chatting to?
1: <laughs> My name is Simon Pampano. I'm a, I'm a math communicator, predominantly science communicator, and I, I love learning things and understanding things, and I get a great joy to explain it to an audience in a very much a symbiotic relationship, a
0: feedback loop,
1: of going from not understanding to understanding.
0: Let's see if we can get that feedback loop going. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So you've got this article in Cosmos called Does the Vaccine Rollout Add Up? Um, Mm. And basically you're going through all these numbers. There's a lot to understand with with vaccines and it's a really difficult thing to unpack. Thank you for doing it so, you know, some of the rest of us don't have to. (laughs)
1: Rocking the spreadsheet,
0: yeah. But essentially, part of the problem with all the numbers that are being presented, so yep. the numbers that Scott Morrison has announced, uh, as early as mid-February, we'd hope to start with around 80,000 vaccinations a week, and then seeing that build up over the next four to six weeks, by the end of March, to have reached 4 million people. Mm. Now, yeah. 80,000... a big one moving over four to six weeks to four million people is quite a jump. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and the vaccination process uh, is actually two different separate doses that are administered two weeks apart. Yeah, so at a minimum. So you're yeah. not talking about everyone being completely vaccinated and immune, even no. of that four million people after that four to six weeks. You're talking about quite a staggered process so Absolutely. how do you you've been poring over the numbers how do you think this adds up does it add up
1: uh it i would say yeah I, actually i don't think it does and the only reason i say that is because i looked at what was required by location and also because of the time frame. So they, they're not just talking about one vaccine, they're talking about two vaccines. They mentioned that one of the vaccines, the AstraZeneca, is going to be produced here, but the one that they're actually using to hit the deadline of March is being imported, which they didn't really mention or they didn't really highlight in that press conference. So there's a lot of murky territory. And they they threw around the numbers, eighty thousand per week, which is for the Pfizer vaccine, it needs to be kept at negative 70 degrees Celsius at all times for use. Yeah, Quite a tricky thing to, to kind of achieve. I crunched the numbers on that and it was it required somewhere in excess of 2,000 doses. So first of all, the terminology needs to change. We need to talk about doses when it comes to vaccines. The vaccines that are getting rolled out, the AstraZeneca and the, and the Pfizer are two dose. Not all of them are two dose. Some of them are single dose, but we don't have that, I don't think, as part of our arsenal. So vaccination is not getting a jab. It's getting two jabs in the right time period. So basically from that, you can sort of, my skepticism comes from, because it's like, not only do you need to jab someone, you need to record that person. You need to track that person. You need to make sure that person comes back and gets another jab at a particular time frame. or if they can't come back to that location, how are they going to track all that? And make sure that people are getting, that they can't like get a jab of the Pfizer vaccine and then get a second jab of the AstraZeneca that's, the different things,
0: yeah, yeah. these
1: numbers are kind of like, they come from like when you're in fourth gear. It's, it's a well-oiled machine, these numbers. They, they, they could get to 4 million doses. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's really hitting the ground running because it's sort of like you can't have anything go wrong. And just think about any project that you've done in your lifetime you know, it's like getting started is the worst thing because you're working out what's going on. You're trying to find out that, you know, everything, everything goes against you because you're an amateur at every, at every turn. And in a sense, I think that's what the government's going to find itself, um, coming up against where it's like, if the health workers who are administering these vaccines aren't properly vaccinated themselves, you're going to have the issues which have been happening where they contract COVID. It's really a, a really tricky situation. And I don't actually understand why the government has been so ambitious. Like I don't really understand the logic behind it. I mean, I know that's like to ask sometimes when we hear politicians speak, it's like it sounds illogical. <laughs> but there is something driving it. That for me is the interesting thing is like, are they just trying to set a big target that's gonna make people feel happy for a week and then come up with a really plausible excuse why they couldn't hit that target? I don't know.
0: Is that the game? To be fair to them, they have plenty of excuses because this is a very complicated process, right? If they set this target and then they Absolutely. blame everyone that's importing it or the difficulty in administering it. I, I should clarify just on that point you made about people getting sick. Yeah. So that would be about people rocking up to get a vaccination and catching the virus at that point of administration, they wouldn't be catching the virus from the vaccine because this vaccine works a little differently. It's it's not... The vaccine isn't even giving you a part of the virus as with previous vaccines. It's giving you... Mm. It's administering a part of the protein that the coronavirus uses to enter the body. Um, and yeah. then the body learns That's to fight right. that protein. So either coronavirus has to mutate to not use that protein, which will mean it's less infectious, or the body will yeah hit coronavirus at point of entry. So I do just need to hit you up on that medical note because you know vaccines are such a a, a painful thing to talk about because we've got to hit all of these kind of nuances. Um, that's right. Lots of bullets to dodge, which is kind of the problem the government might be facing. that one of the other ones is where they prioritise vaccines because they're not just talking mm. about administering four million vaccines or eight million doses by the end of March, mm. they're talking about prioritising aged care, disability care patients, and frontline workers. That's right. Now, the only countries we've really seen that have got huge, huge immediate rollouts have been countries where they've done a lot less prioritising. Israel is one example, where they've...
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: ...vaccinated something like 30% of the population, but that's because they didn't prioritise any people in a particular job. So, like, do you see that being an issue with administering it as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... When I was looking at some of the research for that first week, so that first week with the Pfizer vaccine, it's going to come out of what they've called hubs, um, so they can they can manage uh, the you know specifics of that particular vaccine, the the ultra cold storage. But what's going to happen is to hit the uh, age and disability care, there's going to be people going out to wherever these people are, and so again, it's kind of like what, like it, it isn't going to be like. Like I saw some of the footage from uh, Israel and they had, um, they had uh, Benjamin Netanyahu in like a tent and it sort of like looks like a military operation, which in my mind would be that's how you do it. Kind of like testing for COVID here, that's how you do it. You just set up a big tent. You know? The other thing is like, this is still a COVID world. And so trying to administer these things, everyone's going to have to be separated one to two meters and you're going to have like long lines and, you know, you're really dealing with like a big problem that you just don't usually deal with. And it's like, have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? Of course I haven't. And also the way that these different problems are going to affect one another, these things can become exponential and you just can't really predict what's going to happen. So I kind of looked at those figures and kind of looked at what they were trying to do. And it's sort of like they were trying to... It would have been good to talk to you about it before I actually wrote the article. I can sort of see that they are trying to tick a lot of boxes, but then there's a lot of unknowns between those boxes because you're exactly right. It's like hitting a specific target of people and a specific target just numerically. They're two different goals. And I I think it would have served the government much better to go, this is how we're going to nail this target of just getting the most vulnerable people, which I think is incredibly important and also you know, the whole population should be behind because we do need to protect those people. But yeah, it's kind of like, they're trying to have the cake and eat it too again. It's just like, we're going to get all the people that are the most vulnerable, but also we're going to get 4 million people. Isn't that great? It's like, huh? (laughs) What? (laughs) You're not getting 4 million people to start with. It's 8 million doses. So you're getting 2 million people, but then it's not even that because it's getting staggered out. When are you actually going to make the call and say this many people are actually being vaccinated? So yeah, it's really confusing, which is
0: not great. Set big goals by all means. But mm. I mean, you, you say in your article the PM um, asserted we don't want to make promises we can't keep. Yeah, the idea right. of them definitely <laughs> having four million vaccines, eight million doses distributed in six weeks. Yeah as you say in the conclusion of your article, you know, it, it is putting a huge amount of pressure on the system. Yeah. Do do you have an idea of what a more reasonable set of numbers might be might be or um, i'm putting on the spot here
1: yeah so i actually um well let me just print up my spreadsheet here excellent because i did have it all i did have that all in front of me so let me let me do this right now with you which i think should be a podcast in itself
0: bringing up the spreadsheets Simon spreadsheets
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um let's just crunch this out so if you've got like a thousand locations so the astrazeneca vaccine which is far more manageable so from my understanding, you know, it just needs to be cold storage. It's,
0: it's not minus 70.
1: No. Yeah. So, so that can actually go through the thousand locations. But those locations, I had to go and kind of hunting for that. Those locations around the country are going to be your local GP or your local pharmacy. Maybe the bigger version, but still, I just picture myself here in Melbourne, and I'm, I've got a hub just up the road here, and I'm just picturing what would happen if they're going to try and get those numbers? Like the car park would be full of people all day, every day. Yeah. So we've got a thousand thousand locations. Feasibly, how many vaccinations could they achieve? Let's try and look that out. So the number that I was working with was 15 minutes per person. And I found that in someone's reporting and it didn't really explain it. It just kind of like threw it out there. But they explained that what needs to happen is they need to do some sort of allergy test, I think maybe. So just to make sure that someone isn't going to have like a bad reaction to the vaccine. I'm assuming that's going to happen. That definitely is going to happen with the Pfizer. I'm assuming it's going to happen with the uh, AstraZeneca as well. And then there's that registration process because of course they need to know who they're giving it to because it's worth nothing if they don't get that second dose. They're just going to feel a bit queasy and they won't be vaccinated. So we've got to give at least 15 minutes. Now, of course, just like anything, it's not going to be 15 minutes to start with. It might be closer to half an hour. Let's just kind of throttle that. So 15 minutes, if we do that, so how many hours do you think we could, we could allow someone to work a day?
0: For
1: so someone who's dedicated to injecting? Do you reckon eight hours?
0: I don't think you'd want to push it. Knowing nothing about it, I yeah. don't think you'd want to push them to work late hours. Um, <laughs> no, I don't want the guy that's on their 10th hour of putting needles in someone's arm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that means, So that means we've got, we can do four per hour eight fours. So we've got 32 doses. Yeah. And so if, if I'm thinking like my local, my local pharmacy, my local GP, you know, they've maybe got four little surgeries. Yeah. Let's just say four. I mean, even that is too much.
0: All right. Let's, let's overestimate and try and give the government credit for their maths. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I've basically got here 128 doses
0: per day. Okay.
1: 128 doses per day. And so, um, when we times that by seven, we get eight, nine, six per week. Yep. And then we're saying we're going to give them six weeks or five, five weeks with the AstraZeneca because it, it actually doesn't arrive. St- and the other thing that they they kind of breathe through as well is that um, that Pfizer vaccine is not going to arrive until it's been given a formal registration. It's been approved by the by the local body here, So they're not going to send it, which is another another problem because it's like, you know, if they just wait another week, suddenly we're trying to do all these ridiculous numbers in three weeks or two weeks. It's like, come on guys. Um, okay, so what am, what am I up to here? And so now I'm gonna do five weeks. And so now the figure I've got to is that for each of these locations, we've basically got four and a half thousand those And so if we multiply that up there, we get, the magic number of 4.5 million.
0: They've crushed it.
1: They have. But that's a well-oiled machine. That's, I can see... So that's basically hitting the ground running.
0: And that's with no complications. That's with all of those clinics having, you know, all all of those very generous estimates we were making. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I can see how you've come to these figures. As you say in your article, the reality could be a lot more difficult to manage. The real issue here is
1: relying on averages. Right. um, Because... That seven days a week, any task that you can think of that you do in your daily life, it's just things happen. You know, you, you've got to be able to um, build some fat into that. So it, it is totally, it's totally um, expected that, you know, you, you could maybe only do half or yeah. maybe even a quarter to start with because you're just dealing with problems. I mean, what happens if their computer system's down? Are they don't start, you know, uh, giving people doses and they're not actually able to record them. I think in terms of project management, it's like you know, everyone who's in, that, in a position where they've been given a project or a budget, you know, you really, you're really kind of being put on the line of going, well, I don't really know, but this is what I expect. Everyone has to put some degree of error, has to. And that's the thing that really makes me worried about this plan, because I can't see the degree of error. Like I've just crunched the numbers, I've gotten pretty close to what they're kind of promising. But yeah, that's like, that's IKEA efficiency, you know what I mean? It's like (laughs) that that doesn't happen in a day, you know? It's like we're going to build up to this.
0: So essentially what you're saying is is this is not a pie-in-the-sky target. It's a target that could be if everything moves super smoothly, if everyone is just really on it and nothing goes wrong and we cross our fingers and we, you know, pray to the right gods we get 4 million people, but yeah. it's really not yeah. viable. And, and that's um, everyone getting their first shots, I think, again. Is that right? That's, that's, that's right. talking about yeah, 4.5 right. yeah. million doses by the end of March. So you would be looking at all of those people being actually immune and vaccinated by halfway through April.
1: Oh, Yeah, like we just have to park that. I mean, I, don't, I, I actually feel like that's such a, a, thing, a huge thing to get my head around. Yeah. The whole, because it has to be within, I think, two to six weeks. If we're starting over a five-week period, you're expecting people to come back and get their second dose.
0: So over the three weeks at the end of that, you're actually revaccinating the people that were in the first two weeks as well as bringing in new people. Well, yeah. Okay.
1: And one of the things as well is kind of like, how would you prioritize that because you kind of have to have people coming back for their second dose. Yeah. You might even have to have like a separate queue for that because like they'd have to jump the queue. They're the VIPs.
0: If you miss your first dose, then that's okay. You get vaccinated later and then in 2 weeks you get the next vaccination. If you miss the second dose, that's right. then yeah. it's possible the first dose is ineffective after a certain period of if, if you don't get it re-upped. I, I don't know what the margin of error I'm gonna is. I'm going to say it like this, right?
1: This is how, this is how I'm going to think about it. This is a big day out. This is a music festival. Now, you think about how music festivals organize people, right? It's, it's not going to the local shops. You know, you've got large areas for people to congregate. You've got well-organized queuing systems. And really, it's about minimizing the amount of error. You think of the way that they design airports. One of the best things they do in airports is just give space. Like you just get things out of the way to allow people to move freely. In a way, it's kind of like we've got to get things out of the way to let the professionals work. So the way to really do this correctly is like to have the showgrounds kind of like be a hub. You have your parking. You just have people rocking up. It's like big yellow sign saying first-time doses, big blue sign saying second-time doses. You have them separated, so they can't see what's going on. And then you have like them going through the tents, and it's just lined up. You just basically see where you're going. You go there, you get your jab, you get your cookie, and you, you're on your way. And I think, I think that would make a lot more sense. But, yeah, the kind of idea of, of just pushing the responsibility to your local pharmacy or your, your local doctor, like they, they're really not set up for that. When was the last time we went to the doctors? Like it, it infuriates me. Booking is at 10 and I see the doctor at 12. And it's like, oh, for crying out loud, you know, <laughs> there's only so much work I can get done on my phone. So yeah, so totally, it's, it's, it's a totally on paper thing. Crunching the numbers just on their own, totally just not incorporating any of the things that can go wrong. And... The things that could go wrong are are going to be special. Like they're going to be newsworthy. It's because this is such a new thing. Like, when was the last time
0: like this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think it's ever happened that there's been a mass vaccination of the entire adult population all at once. The last time we yeah. we yeah. had a big mass vaccination of the population, I think, was around polio. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that wasn't everyone at once. Um, I think. Yeah. Hey there, this is Justin, just jumping in with a quick clarification. I should note that this is correct, but only applies to Australia. So the polio vaccine was the last big mass rollout of a vaccine we had. In the rest of the world, there were also mass rollouts around the smallpox vaccine. They... I shouldn't suggest that this is completely unprecedented territory, but it's true that in Australia there has never been a mass vaccination of the entire adult population at once. I hope that clears things up. Let's get on with the show. I may cut that. If that's wrong, it's just not in the podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like we should cut me during the spreadsheet
0: going, actually,
1: the numbers work
0: out. I think what I'll do is I'll cut out... My
1: spreadsheet says it's all possible in the last... Spreadsheets, everything's possible.
0: Well, in the, yeah, in, <laughs> I, but I think that's the point. I think that that's exactly what the government have done. They've gone, well, we can get the yeah. numbers to work on a spreadsheet, so they're going to work in life. You're a genius. I'm not cutting a second of that. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is on a, on a spreadsheet. You can you can do it. But I mean, that is so. You know, I used to work in sales and operations. You know, I, I was a demand planner. Yeah. And so I, I, was constantly, I was constantly being asked what the number was. And I just, every time it's like, stop asking for a number, ask for a range. Ask, wait, no one asked me what the, what the bumpers were on the number, like what the error was. That's far more important. You know, if, if, if you want me to give you a target, I will never get it right. But if you ask me for a range, I can tell you a range and I can tell you somewhere in, the, in that range, I can be 95% sure. And build, you know, build to that idea.
0: It's, it's amazing that the government will say 4 million people and be wrong by some degree. I mean, they're not going to reach exactly 4 million. <laughs> <laughs> like 4 million and one is wrong.
1: Suddenly it's the Merchant of Venice. You want a, you want a pound of flesh, yeah. not, not a drop more or a drop less.
0: Yeah, no, I yeah. want exactly 4 million. If they vaccinate four million and five people, I'm going to be mad at Scott. Um, yeah, that's, that's a fail in my
1: books. You said 4 million. The spreadsheet says $4 million. That's outrageous.
0: <laughs> How You're dare you? You're overspending
1: the budget. How dare you? <laughs> I, I was, um, yeah. So, like, I'm I now talking to you about it and kind of thinking through it a bit more, which, always, which I encourage everyone to do. Absolutely. Everyone should be talking about maths around kitchen tables and, and wherever we're allowed to conquer it at the moment. I think it's a really important point. One of the things I wanted to do in the article that I didn't, I kind of found late the way that rollout happened in different countries. And as as you mentioned, Israel was booming. Like they just did, they've done a fantastic job. I didn't get to crunch the numbers, but I think the way that we would ramp up would actually outdo Israel, which just made me suspicious. I just thought, oh, I reckon from what I've read about the way they've done it, that's like best practice, or they're defining best practice.
0: Especially with a first come, first serve. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing is kind of like,
1: just like in forecasting, it's, it's equally important what you're asking to know as what you're not asking. And it's like, but you know, it's four million people, why can't we choose? And it's like exactly what you say. When it comes, when, when it comes to, you know, first come first serve, then that immediately means that the way you publicize it, you just need to make all the avenues of, uh, of communication, then it's basically everyone rocks up and it just becomes a crowd management problem. But if you're targeting particular people, I mean, we're targeting, right, the aged and disabled. How difficult is it going to be to get them? You know, what other complications do you need to kind of factor in? Suddenly, 15 minutes per person. How that, you know, it might take you an hour to get to some place and, you know, go through all the procedures because it needs to be COVID safe. So that's completely ridiculous. And it, and it only takes one day. And again, this is the thing, the average is like, you know, you only have to be knocked out one day, and you've got to make up. You've got to make up 128.
0: 128- well, it's in the same sense. So there's
1: that, no, there's no fat in it. In
0: in the same sense that the average person has less than two arms, right? You know, it it only takes <laughs> one person having less than two arms because no one has three. It only takes one person <laughs> for the average to be less than two, right? Yes,
1: and for the average never to hit two again. That's right.
0: And so for the same reason, if you base everything on the optimal system, it takes literally one going wrong to not hit that target. You, you have to
1: absolutely have,
0: have those bounds. Yeah. But the way he's presented the numbers kind of suggests 4 million is the middle. The, the way he's presented it suggests 4 million is the middle of that yes. of that range, yes. right? Because
1: exactly.
0: if you're saying we aim to have hit 4 million, then the goal is to be exceeding that which suggests that that, that that is the most likely scenario, not the most optimal.
1: Exactly. That, that's what it should be. And, and if that was the case, yeah, it would actually be, it would be some sort of average, some sort of middle point. I mean, but I, I really feel like, I mean, you know, it's, it's the government's responding to the population. So in a way, we can't really blame them. But I mean, it would be great to take leadership and at every point try and educate the public will actually use the education that the public is meant to have about how numbers work. And we should be totally talking about ranges and we should be talking about, you know, like, contingencies. But, you know, it's kind of like that's, you know, in, in a way I, I would imagine I think people who are in charge might think that if they're giving ranges, it sounds as though they don't know what they're doing. So it kind of has a counter a counterproductive kind of element to it. So it's like, oh, don't you know what exactly it will be? And it's like, uh, no, I don't, nobody does. That's how statistics work. You know, like I can tell you the range yeah. and it will, it will be somewhere in there. And so, yeah, it's that kind of thing. And it's like that, that comes down to a problem in just numerical understanding for so many people. It's like a range means that you, there are all these different things that could happen. Like, you know, there could be like a holdup in the vaccine or there could be, you know, like a COVID outbreak. I mean, what happens if there's another, another COVID outbreak while this is happening? The government can just throw up its hands and say, oh, well, we didn't expect that. But really it's like, well, I mean, we need to get vaccinated. Like that's what we want as the population, investing all this money, get a handle on this, tell us the margins. And then if you're doing your job properly, you make those margins smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's really good business practice. It's really the best way to manage your budget. The best project management methodology. Say what the error is. Everyone can understand that. And then really, we've got to pin them on like getting better. And that's that's kind of the best way forward, I think.
0: Well, I mean, if if nothing else, you've made a, a case for mathematicians as frontline workers. I I reckon mathematicians should be vaccinated <laughs> first. As a priority, <laughs> we need to keep them intact. <laughs> yes, we, we have to preserve them.
1: Well, you know, I would, I would split that a little bit and say everyone should get vaccinated because everyone should be a mathematician.
0: There we go. At,
1: At least brilliant. Just be, just no one has to actually crunch the numbers themselves in their heads anymore. You pull out a calculator or a spreadsheet. My preferred method. And just have some fun with those numbers and just. And just get in there. And, and that, that's, again, it's like I, I want to see more of that and I think we need to see more of that because otherwise we get thrown these numbers and what can we do? I mean, you can't just cherry pick. You can't just take one example and try and analyze that. That's not how numbers work. There is a pattern there we have to look at. So, yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting my dose at some point before 2022.
0: Me too, me too. Thanks so much. This is a rad interview. I uh, I will chop and slice <laughs> them a little a, bit. You're a
1: rat. You're a rat presenter.
0: So oh, thank away. you kindly. I uh, <laughs> well, I'm definitely putting that in. That's the closer of the interview. It's just you flattering me. <laughs> of course, it's good. It's awesome. You've been listening to Radio Lockdown, a Neptune podcast.